Good evening, everybody. We are in the middle of discussing the halachas of the holidays, which was an extension of the halachas of kashrus. So we moved on from hilchas kashrus to kashring and organizing your kitchen when you're away on holiday. And then we moved on to a few other relevant halachas, moving to Tfilas Adarach. We're going to finish off Hilchas Tfilas Adarach and one or two other relevant halachas that you might come across when you're having your summer break. And then we'll run through some of the relevant halachas of the nine days, which are pertinent to this year for Ezra Hashem. <clears throat> Tfilas Adarach is only said once. We're just going to continue on from where we left off. We're not going to do any repetition, any chazorah. Anybody who wants to know the, the beginning of the halachas can listen to them on the on the recordings, but we are towards the end of Hilchas Tfilas Adarech, so we just got a few more halachas which we want to finish off, and that is, is you, one doesn't say Tfilas Adarech only once a day. So if you're journeying journeying from here to Europe, which is a long day's journey, a long day's journey, you may stop on the way a few times, but you still only say Tfilas Adarech once. If you slept overnight in uh, wherever you slept, you stopped overnight in a hotel and you slept overnight there. Then on the second leg of your journey, the next day, you would have to say Tfilas Adarach again. If, however, you traveled through the night and you didn't stop, you would continue with one Tfilas Adarach. You would not have to repeat Tfilas Adarach again. If you went to a place with the intention to sleep overnight and then you changed your mind and you decided that you're going to continue to journey and you'll carry on traveling, then you still have to make a new Tfilas Adarach because your intention to stop has broken your your journey, and now this is considered a new journey, and a new journey needs a new Tfilas Adarach. So, for example, you travel from here to Paris, and you decided to stay overnight. You stopped in Paris, and you decided to stay overnight, and then you changed your mind, and you said, you know what, we're not going to, we're not going to stay overnight. We've had lunch. We're all ready to move on a bit, and we'll carry on the next leg of our journey. Then you need to say another Tfilas Adarach. And finally, Birchus Tfilas Adarach is a very unusual bracha because it's quite a long bracha. It's a long bracha. You hear Ratzin with a, with a bracha at the end, but it doesn't start off with a baruch. And normally we say long brachas. Brachas, aruchas, have a baruch at the beginning and a baruch at the end. It starts off with a bracha and finishes off with a bracha. And there's a discussion in the Bes Yosef and the early Poskim, why is that so? Is it because Tfilas Adarach was meant to be said with a preceding bracha? And therefore, some people will always precede Tfilas Adarach with a Alamechia or Borinafoshois, etc. And then immediately follow on with the Tvilas Adarach. So it should be a bracha hasamucha lechaberto. It should be considered a bracha which is close and adjacent to another bracha. And therefore, it doesn't need to be start up with a baruch. Or do we say Tvilas Adarach is different? And Tvilas Adarach is a Tfila more than a bracha. And since it's a tefillah more than a bracha, it doesn't actually need to start off with a baruch. And that's why it was never int- introduced in, 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 as a bracha with a baruch at the beginning of the bracha at the end, which therefore would mean that we do not need to say alamichya or barinafashas or any other bracha I- I- adjacent to the bracha of tefillah sadarach. And that's yishmachlekis in the paschim. So many people have the minute to always have something to eat before they say tefillah sadarach or something to drink before they say tefillah sadarach so that they can say an alamichya or a barinafashas and then run in from there straight into your tefillah sadarach to fulfill the criteria of a bracha hasamucha lechaberta. Or some people have the minute, which is what we all do when we don't have any drink or food with us when we're traveling and, and we need to say, we need to say tefillah sadarach. 
we just say tefillah sederich and rely on the, the, the fact that it's primarily a tefillah, not a bracha, and it doesn't matter if it doesn't start off with a baruch. That's the halachas of tefillah sederich, which we've discussed in the previous year and finished off today. Just a few more halachas which I want to share with you, which may become relevant to some of you on your summer holidays. The halacha tells us if somebody sees mountains or unusual hills or seas, yamim, the sea, then you need to make a bracha of Baruch HaTashem Lekeinu Melech Oilam Oisem That's talking about if you see an unusual mountain, you go to the Alps, or if you see a sea which you haven't seen for, for 30 days, and all this is when you haven't made this bracha within 30 days on either of those situations. But if you have made a bracha within 30 days, then you don't repeat it. Somebody who is goes to visit Bate Kvaris. Now, often when we were in holiday, we will go into a Beisach Kvaris, a Jewish Beisach Kvaris, in order to show the, the people that Niftarim that they're cared for and they were looking after them. And therefore, when people go by in exotic places in England or in Europe, they will often visit Baltic Forest. And don't forget to, to that when you enter a basic, a basic forest and you haven't been into the basic forest for 30 days, then you say the bracha of Baruch HaTashem, the Kenim Melchoyim, Asher Yotza Eschem Badin, the Zon Eschem Badin, the Kilkel Eschem Badin, the Hemis Eschem Badin, the Osid La Kimchem Badin, the Yedea Mispa Kulchem Badin, the Osid La Kishem, or the Kaim Eschem Baruch some people then continue on and say till the end of the bracha without saying the bracha at the end you don't say this bracha if you go to a place where there's a single cave you only go when there's a basic chorus with a number of quorum there but a single cave which you may come across in obscure places when you're on your holiday then you don't say that bracha the, these, this bracha of Oysemaisebracious and the bracha on the basic forest can be said, even if you see the basic forest, or if you see the hills and the mountains or the sea through a glass window. So you're in your car and you're driving along and suddenly you come to a sea, you come to the, the sea and you want to say a bracha, you can say the bracha, you do not need to get out of the car and stand up to see. You can see it through the glass, it's called seeing, and you can still make the bracha. If you see kivrei akum, you go to a place where there's many kivri akum, then many people have the minute to say, which is brought down in halacha, pasuk in Yirmiya, the pasuk in Yirmiya in chapter 50, where it says, Boisha imchem ma'oid, chofra yuladchem, and it finishes off, hine achris goyim midba siya va'arova. So since the pasuk tells us the achris goyim, the end of of time for non-Jews, therefore when we see a basic chorus, we say that bracha, that we say that pasuk, boisha imchem ma'oid, chofra yuladchem, but that's a uh, halach but it's not so widely known, not so widely kept. When one's aware on holiday, you may come across places which are connected to Avodah Zorah. So one's not allowed to enter into a gathering of Avodah Zorah, into a place where there's Avodah Zorah. One's not allowed to look at Avodah Zorah. It goes under the banner of the love of the Torah of Tifnu El Elilim. And for sure to give money to a, one of these places, even entrance money is forbidden because you're then and giving money to support houses of Avodah and that's forbidden. And same applies to enter into a cathedral or any establishment, which is a place where non-Jews uh, pray is forbidden to go into, as is clear in Daki Tshuva, that one shouldn't enter into a cathedral, etc. And therefore, if one does go on a, on a sightseeing and a tour, and there's cathedrals there, one should avoid entering in them. Seeing Bate Knesias, if a person's going around Europe, or even in Etzishol, and seeing different beautiful shuls, the Halacha also tells us that there's a bracha, Baruch Meitzav Gvul Almana, 
But today, for some reason, we don't have the minute to say this bracha. But what we do need to be aware of and be very careful is that when we do enter into, into a shul on holiday, and a shul somewhere in, in the outskirts, somewhere out, we've got to remember to treat the shul with covered, not to eat inside the shul, not to drink inside the shul, not to, to behave in, in a, a flippant or lighthearted manner. A shul is a shul and always remains a shul. And we have to treat the shul with the covered or basic classes. According to the Uraim, a shul has a chi of minatayra, of Omikdashai Tirohu, you've got to fear my holy places, and it goes under the banner of the base of Mikdash, Mikdashai Tirohu, every base of Knesses, and therefore we must remember to be respectful to a base of Knesses, even if it's not actually being used at this present time, but one should always have respect for Kedusha's base of Knesses. And finally, if you do enter into a base of Knesses, you should stay there for a short while, or you should, you should sit down and say, stay there for a short while, or say a posuk, because one shouldn't enter into a base of Knesses for no valid reason, just to go in and out for no valid reason is not really respectable to a basic, to a basic, to a basic classes. And therefore one should sit down or one should say a pasuk. is a very common pasuk to say when you're inside the shul and you're just visiting a shul, you say, and again, you mustn't use a shul as a shortcut because a shul is a shul. It's not allowed to be used as a shortcut. Uh, if you do want to walk through a shul, then make sure you sit down for a few minutes in the shul or say a pasuk tilim in, in the shul, and then that would uh, allow you to walk through the shul to the other side. Those are some basic halachas that you might come across on holiday, depending where you go. And uh, I wish you all have a, a beautiful, wonderful holiday. Let's move on now to some halachas which are relevant to the nine days and Tishabov, and particularly relevant to this year. Baruch Rishchidosh this year is on a Friday. This coming Friday is Rishchidosh. We said Rishchidosh on Shabbos. And we said that Rishchidosh menachim av yeah b'yom hashishi. And therefore Rishchidosh is on a Friday. This coming Friday is Rishchidosh. And therefore Chazal tell us, Mishanichnas av b'matin b'simcha. When av comes in, one has to reduce the amount of simcha one has. And in fact, the halacha tells us Mamayatin is not the to be taken literally. It means literally no simcha. Mamayatin b'simcha means we reduce simcha to zero, to a situation of no simcha whatsoever. We reduce the amount of simcha to the point of no simcha from Rishchidosh. From Rishchidosh, that would mean from Shkia of the night of Rishchidosh. If the night of Rishchidosh is Thursday night, then Thursday night Shkia, which is roughly around nine-ish, I don't exactly know what time, I didn't check it up, that's when the Rishchidosh starts, and that's when the halachas of the nine days start, beginning with Misha Nichna Sa'av Mamayatin B'Simcha. From Shkia on Thursday night, one doesn't eat meat, one may not drink wine, even on Rishchidosh, because the nine days is inclusive of Rishchidosh. And all the halachas of the nine days begin from Shkia on Rishchidosh. Shkia this Thursday night. Leil Shishi, Thursday night. The night of Friday. Uh, in Jewish terms, the Thursday night in, in, in Western terms, that's when the nine days start. And from then on, so if one's having a late supper on Thursday night, I cannot eat meat, I cannot drink wine, because the halachas of the nine days begin. Interestingly, some people have a minute 
to have meaty on the day before Rishchidosh. So Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, they will eat meaty and then stop by Shkir and not continue to eat meaty to show that the reason why they're not eating meaty post Shkir and in the nine days is because Chazal instructed us to mourn for the base of Mikdash and to, in order to show that we're fulfilling the dictum of Chazal, the command of Chazal, we eat meet on Thursday and stop just before Shkia. But that's how somebody has a minute. If you don't have that minute, there's absolutely no need for you to take on that minute unless you really are going to be desperate for your meaty meals in the nine days, then by all means, go and have another meaty meal on Wednesday. This Shabbos is Shabbos Matris Masse is already the nine days, but it's not Shabbos Chazon. Since we have two Shabboses in the nine days this year. We have Shabbos Matis Masay, and then we have the Shabbos of Tishabov itself, which is not Tishabov, which we'll come back to a bit later, which doesn't have the rules of Tishabov, but it's the date of Tesbaav. But that is also Shabbos in the nine days. So we, we follow the, the halacha that the, the Shabbos Chazoin is the second Shabbos, the Shabbos before Tishabov, which in this year is going to be the Shabbos of Erev, Erev the fast of Tishabov, Shabbos Pashas Devarim, not this Shabbos, but next Shabbos. However, this Shabbos is still Shabbos of the nine days. But in Shabbos of the nine days, there are no halachas which are relevant. On Shabbos of the nine days, we wear Shabbos clothes, according to most people. Even those who don't wear Shabbos clothes, or Shabbos Chazoim, which is a few and far between today, Rabbi Feldman Zechariah of Rocha didn't wear Shabbos clothes on Shabbos Chazoim. But Shabbos of Matos Masih, he would wear Shabbos clothes because it's not Shabbos Chazon. So despite the fact that it's a nine days, we all wear Shabbos clothes. We are allowed to eat meat. You're allowed to drink wine with no restriction, both for Friday night and for Shabbos morning. And if you would, not, would like to eat meat and drink wine for your Suda dishes, you can eat meat and drink wine for your Suda dishes as well. Shabbos is a day where we do not publicly mourn, and therefore you're allowed to eat meat, you're allowed to drink wine, you're allowed to wear fresh clothes, you're allowed to wear your Shabbos clothes. That's not a problem at all. Shabbos Chazoin, as we'll discuss in a few moments, some people have a, a meaning not to wear Shabbos clothes, but even then, most of the Minhagim of Avilas do not apply, but we'll come and discuss Shabbos Chazoin a little bit in a few minutes' time. Moitzai Shabbos of Pashas Matis Masay, you have a Chiv Havdala. A Chiv Havdala, therefore, demands you to make it al hakois. You have to say Havdala on a cup, and primarily a cup of wine. And therefore, we enter into a little problem. Since the nine days we do not drink wine, what do we do when it comes to Havdalah? So those who have Hamam Medina, those who have beer and don't mind drinking beer, then they can make Havdalah on beer. That's not a problem. But those people who don't have beer, myself included, and I don't think I can drink a cup of beer on the Matzoi Shabbos particularly, uh, therefore we have a problem. What do we do? There, there's two options here. The first option is if you have a child who is still up, though questionable why they should be up at that time of night, but if you have a child who's still up, and the child is old enough to understand the concept of brachus, but not old enough to understand the concept of avelus for the base of Mikdash, an age which is somewhere between six or seven or eight, not clear, again, depends very much on the intelligence of the child, then you can make havdola with the child standing next to you, make the bracha of Boyapriagofen and let the child drink because he's old enough to be included in brachus, in brachus, so therefore the bracha will be a bracha which is relevant to him and not a brachal of Atala, but not old enough to be in, in the ban of drinking wine in the nine days, because he doesn't understand, he or she doesn't understand the 
concept of Avelos of mourning for a base amigdash. It's hard enough for adults to understand. It's for sure difficult for a six-year-old to understand the concept of mourning the Avelos of the base amigdash. But that would be fine. Primarily boys, girls, we try to avoid giving them drinks, uh, the, the wine from Havdallah. And therefore, if you have a boy up at that, at that age, you could give them the cup of wine to drink. But to be honest with you, most boys of that age, between six and seven and eight, uh, should be and are probably a well of fast asleep at 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 at night by the time we come back from Mariv. And therefore, you don't really have much choice other than drinking it yourself. And if there's no one else to give it to, then the halacha dictates that you should drink it. You drink a meloy lugumov and that's it. You don't need to drink any more. Once a nine days start, we have another halacha, which the Shulchan Aruch tells us, and it's based on the Gemara, the mamatin b'maso over maton. One reduces business. Now, maso maton means business activities which are of simcha, not plain business activities. So something which gives a person pleasure is we, we reduce when it comes to the nine days. If it's not, if it's plain business to earn panasa, that of course we don't reduce because we need to earn panasa, we need to earn a living. And even if I'm earning a respectable living, to we live in a world today where nothing is assured, nothing secure, and therefore one is glad to continue earning his panos in the nine days. But maso matashal simcha. So, for example, if you are an art collector or a uh, old foreign collector or any other sort of collector to go and buy collectors' items in the nine days would be under the banner of Maso Maton Shal Simcha, which should be reduced and avoided. If, however, it's a Dova Ovid, by buying it, but if you don't buy it now, you're going to find it hard <coughs> to find a similar item uh, after the nine days, and it could come to uh, losing out, a loss for you, maybe a loss in profits or whatever it may be, and then the halacha is that you're allowed to buy it. But for sure, we also don't in the nine days fix clothes. I mean, we don't sew new clothes in the nine days. We don't sew new clothes in the, in the nine days. And under the same banner, we don't buy new clothes in the nine days. Even if in the three weeks, we allow ourselves to buy clothes as long as they don't demand the shabrach of shachiyonu. Because in the three weeks, there's no issa. There's nothing forbidden about buying clothes. What's forbidden is to say a shachiyonu. But in the nine days, one doesn't buy clothes because buying clothes is a happy event. Even if you buy cheap clothes, it's a happy event. It may not be happy enough to require a shechiyonu, but it's a, a time of simcha. And therefore, we do not buy or make new clothes in the nine days unless it's a dava ovud, meaning unless there's a sale, and that sale is not going to have these clothes in after the nine days. And if we don't buy it today in the nine days, we will not be able to buy them afterwards. And the clothes that you need then one can buy them in the nine days. One doesn't and shouldn't, if you are a proprietor of clothes, you own a clothes shop, you should not be making sales in the nine days just to get around the halacha of of not buying clothes in the nine days. That's wrong. You're trying to circumvent Chazal. Chazal understood that nine days are a time of mourning, and we should be really appreciating and connecting to the concept of the mourning of the nine days, not trying to circumvent it. But if there is a sale on, then one would be allowed to, to buy in the sale. One doesn't wash clothes. Uh, washing clothes is also a, a uh, reasonably simcha in washing clothes. Some people enjoy the clothes being fresh. Dirty clothes doesn't give a sense of joy. Fresh clothes does. Washing is forbidden. Even to wash not to wear in the nine days. 
which of course, as we're going to see in a moment, if one doesn't wear fresh clothes in the nine days, but even to wash to wear post the nine days is also because washing itself creates simcha. Ironing is also considered under the banner of washing, and one doesn't iron in the nine days. And so too, to give to a dry cleaner and ask a dry cleaner to dry clean clothes for you is also forbidden in the nine days. So therefore, you now have from Monday till Friday till Thursday evening a shkir to make sure you work your way through all your washing. And it should be done by shkir, ideally by shkir, as we mentioned before, on Thursday night. And any dry cleaning that needs to be done before the nine days should be taken in now. Well, not now, tomorrow morning, first thing. So it should be ready for before Shredish. It won't be cleaned on in the nine days. Children's clothes. Yes. Can I ask a quick question, please? Are you allowed to clean the house in the nine days? Our minig is that we clean the house in the nine days. Minig Yerushalayim is that they don't sponge the floors. They don't wash the floors in the nine days. So if you walk around Yerushalayim straight after Tishabov, you will see all the overflow pipes, you know, when the Mapeset, uh, Sponger holes dripping with water because uh, many Yushalayim in the real Yushalayim and Minhagim, people who keep the real Yushalayim and Minhagim is not to wash the floors in the nine days. But we are squeaky clean people and we therefore allow ourselves to clean the floors in the nine days as well. Thank you. Washing children's clothes is again osa unless they are young enough that they constantly soil the clothes and or they don't have any other clothes to wear then you can wash children's clothes, particularly in a the week which is not called the Shavuot Shechal by Tishabov, which according to many opinions this year doesn't exist because Tishabov is on a Sunday, and therefore one can wash for children if necessary in the whole week, in this coming next week, the whole week leading up to Tishabov. We don't bathe in the nine days. We don't bathe in the nine days. Bathing is uh, a simcha. So we avoid bathing in the nine days, uh, the whole body with warm or cold water. If it's once bathing the Tzorich Mitzvah, for going to mikvah purposes or any other mitzvah, that's permitted to wash in a normal manner. But plain pleasure washing is not permitted. Uh, so part of the gulf with cold water can be washed, but the full, full body in hot water is not permitted to be washed, even without soap. Uh, if one is sweaty or dirty, etc., one's dirty oneself, then of course one is allowed to remove sweat, one's allowed to remove dirt, and if it needs hot water to remove it, then one should remove it with hot water. If one can remove it with cold water, remove it with cold water. If you need soap, then you're allowed to use soap. There's no obligation to walk around uh, in a manner in the nine days that will make other people distance themselves from you. That is not the requirement of the nine days. The requirement of the nine days is no pleasure bathing. And most of our showering and, and bathing is a mixture of cleanliness and pleasure. So the cleanliness part is permitted. The pleasure part is not. Air Shabbos. The halacha tells us that we have a little bit of a, a dispensation for when it comes to, to cleaning ourselves. And the halacha tells us you're allowed to wash ponov, yodov, viraglov, hands, face, and feet with warm water. And you can wash your head with warm water, but without soap. That's the basic halacha. That is a basic halacha. We live in very uh, sensitive times in the sense that we are much more squeaky clean than in the time of Chazal. Uh, in the time of Chazal, you went to the bathhouse, if you were lucky, once a week. 
maybe not even that. Uh, in, in historic times in, in the Hen, we also didn't have baths in the house. We didn't have running water, so we bathed once a week, either in the bathhouse or in the kitchen, in a tub. Today, we are much more squeaky clean, and we are considered Istanist. And therefore, many people, those who are try to connect to the Avelus, will stick to the basic parameters of Halacha. But there are many who feel that they are not able to cope with a week or even nine, ten days of no bathing. And therefore, they feel it necessary to have a bath or a shower during the week, and particularly on Friday of Shabbos. But if one is in that category of istinus, of sensitive, of someone who's sensitive, then you should be bathing as quick as you can and the minimum you need to get rid of that sensitivity. And the same when it comes to Friday, if you can't survive without washing your hair for 10 days, then wash your hair, but do it as minimally and as quickly as you can to try and minimize the pleasure of it as much as possible. Wearing clean clothes is also forbidden in the nine days. Uh, that means to say that one ideally should be preparing one's clothes now, between now and nine days, between now and Rishchidosh, one should be preparing one's clothes, uh, wearing them for a short amount of time, uh, your shirts and your, your dresses and your jackets and etc. If they've been laundered, you should be wearing them for a short amount of time so that they don't feel fresh anymore. And then you can change them in the nine days. But I, one doesn't wear fresh clothes in the nine, freshly laundered clothes in the nine days. It's, uh, some people have mucked even for underwear. Uh, we, we don't have that akpada. Some people are not so mucked for underwear. Like when they're in Avelis, they're not mucked when it comes to underwear. The clothes that are close to the body and they get commonly soiled. Many poskim say you do not need to prepare. Uh, others say you don't need to wear them, but you can just throw them on the floor. Clothes which have been thrown on the floor and stamped on, even without shoes, is not considered fresh. And some people have the meaning to do that. But for sure, the other clothes, shirts and, and, and uh, jumpers and etc. and dresses, if they're freshly loaded, should be worn for half an hour uh, in the build-up to the nine days, between now and the nine days. And then they're not considered fresh and they can be worn in the nine days. If one forgot to prepare clothes before the nine days, then Shabbos, there are many Paschim who will allow you to wear those clothes on Shabbos because... Getting dressed on Shabbos is not a problem. You can wear any clothes you like on Shabbos, so you can comfortably change 10 times on Shabbos into all your different clothes, as long as you don't expressly say, I am wearing these clothes so that I can wear them in the nine days during the week. That would constitute a problem of a chana. <clears throat> but uh, the actual wearing them may be okay, according to many poskim. So if you're in a situation where you forgot to prepare between now and Thursday, evening before Shkia, then you can do that on Shabbos itself. Children who have not reached the age of chinuch and they constantly dirtying themselves may be washed in the nine days, and so too they can wear clean clothes in the nine days. You're not machuz to make little children. You're not machuz to make little children. Hello, hello. You're not machuz to ask your children to walk around with dirty clothes. They are, do not fully understand. And uh, they don't have to walk around dirty, and uh, you can actually comfortably bathe them and give them their, their clean clothes in the nine days. Cutting nails before Shabbos is permitted. The common custom and brought down in many poskim is that one is allowed to cut on nails for Shabbos, even though we don't cut hair in the three weeks and the nine days. But for Shabbos, one can cut one's nails, and so many poskim allow you to polish your shoes in the nine days. Even though cleaning clothes is not permitted, but polishing shoes 
for, for the COVID of Shabbos may be permitted in the nine days. On Shabbos, as we mentioned before, one, one can wear Shabbos clothes during the week of the nine days. One does not wear Shabbos clothes at all. We do not wear Shabbos clothes during the week. If you are going to a simcha during the week, for example, a bar mitzvah or a pigeon aben or a bris, then give a call to myself or to anybody who can tell you the halacha and different uh, situations of simcha will carry different halachas for different people. And therefore, it's not worth our while running through them now. It'll take up too much time and, uh, and may not be relevant to most people. But if you are in that situation, give me a call and I will help run through for you exactly what you can wear and can't wear for the simcha. And the same applies to eating meat and wine. We don't eat meat and wine during the week. But in simcha, for some people, it's permitted. For others, it's not. Again, if you're going to a simcha, a bar mitzvah, a bris, or a pigeon, a ben, or even a siyam, if you give a call, I will go through the parameters with you when you will be allowed to eat meat and wine and when you are not allowed to. This year, Tishabah falls on Shabbos. So coming Shabbos is the first Shabbos in the nine days, but the second Shabbos in two weeks' time, Shabbos Pashas Devarim, is actually the tenth, is actually the ninth of Av. And the ninth of Av is normally the day that we mourn. But this year it falls on a Shabbos. Shabbos pushes away the Avelis of the ninth of Av. And in fact, one's not allowed to be misable on Shabbos publicly or privately at all. So therefore, we do not do Avelis on Shabbos whatsoever. So come the Shabbos Pashas Devarim, you can have your Friday night meal, your Shabbos morning meal, as normal, meat, wine, you can invite guests, and you can sing Zemiris at the top of your lungs if that's what makes you feel good. And if you like to sing Zemiris quietly, you can sing Zemiris quietly. Shabbos meals can carry on being as normal. It's Shabbos, and you may not minimize Shabbos. As we mentioned before, most people still wear big day Shabbos on Shabbos Pashas Chazoyim. That's how it's evolved, though Minik Ashkenaz was definitely not to wear big day Shabbos. It's evolved over the years. Uh, the, the people who went to Yeshiva in the world of the Yeshiva, since the Gaon said you should wear big day Shabbos and Shabbos, in the world of the Yeshiva, they continue to wear big day Shabbos and Shabbos Chazoyim. And that's how it's evolved in, in, into, even into our Kehillah, and you'll come to our shul Friday night, Shabbos morning, you'll be hard pressed to find someone who's not wearing his big day Shabbos. So the Shlishis on Shabbos Chazoyim, which is the Shabbos of Tishabov, is also eaten as normal. There's no Sudam of Sekis because it's Shabbos and one can't display any sign of Avedus on Shabbos. So there's no Sudam of Sekis. So Suda Shlishis is eaten as normal. Uh, one shouldn't invite guests on Suda Shlishis if one can avoid. If one always has guests or there's somebody who needs to be invited, then one can invite. But just for the sake of companionship and uh, hosting, one shouldn't do that in Sudashlishes because we're building up, we're heading towards the fast of Tishabov. One can eat Sud and Sudashlishes as much as you like, any type of food and as much as you like, there's no restrictions, not like the Sudam Masekis during the week when we eat only a bit of bread and an egg. Uh, as a sign of Avelis, here on Sudesh Lishes, because it's Shabbos, you can eat, I wouldn't say stuff yourself, but you can eat as much as you like in order to prepare for the fast. However, you may not say, I'm going to eat loads now because I want to make sure that I fast well tomorrow. The truth is that the more you eat, the worse you're probably going to fast tomorrow, but that's just the by the way. The Tainis on Shabbos Chazoyim starts with Shkia. So you have to look and you have to know on your Luach what time Shkia is on Shabbos, next Shabbos. Next Shabbos being Shabbos Chazoyim. You need to know the time of Shkia and you must finish eating before Shkia. So if Shkia is at 5 to 9, 10 to 9, somewhere around there, 
you must finish eating. You can eat up until Shkia, but you must finish eating by Shkia. Finish eating and finish drinking by Shkia. You are able to bench. You can say your Bechus HaMazim post Shkia. As long as you finish eating before Shkia, you can continue sitting at your table and saying Bechus HaMazim and uh, saying say, etc., but you cannot eat after Shkia. Even if you have three people eating together, three adult and three male adults who can say the Bechus HaZimun, you can make a Bechus HaZimun after Shkia too. There's no problem. But as long as you stopped eating from Shkia. If you sang Bechus HaMazim before Shkia, if you finished eating a sebechus amazim before shkia, then you can actually bench with wine. Like some people have a minute to say zimun alayyain, bechus amazim alayyain. You can bench with wine. There's no restriction of wine or meat in the Sudish dishes either. It's still Shabbos. On Shabbos, you can take what's known as the kalit soim. Some people like to, people get very nervous about fasting. Uh, you, know, you should never get nervous about fasting because if you really get to a state where you can't fast, we can nearly always find you a way out of it. The fast is not meant to kill you. The fast is meant to be a fast where you feel the pain of the Chorban, but no more. But for those who get very nervous, you can take on Shabbos Kalit Soim. Even though one doesn't take medication on Shabbos, because Chazal didn't allow us to take refuah, any medication on Shabbos, Kalit Soim doesn't go under the category of medication. Medication is a item of food that is eaten to heal. But since Shabbos you are eating perfectly well, and you are absolutely in a fit state. And taking Kalit Soim is not healing. All it's doing is preventing you from becoming dehydrated in the next day. Somehow or other, it's magical properties. I have no idea if it does work or doesn't work. But the magical properties are supposed to stop you from feeling dehydrated and with headaches. Fine, that's prevention. Prevention is not healing. And therefore, you're allowed to take Kalit Soim on Shabbos. There are some people who are a little bit more machme. They will only eat Kalit Soim on Shabbos if it's mixed together with other foods. And you can actually put it in other foods on Shabbos too. It's a chumrah. Most people can rely on the kula and you can take kalitzayim and Shabbos without a problem. Once you pass Shkia on Shabbos, so you pass the 10 to 9, or whatever the time Shkia is, you've stopped eating, you've stopped drinking, you're now in the twilight zone, a zone of time which is still Shabbos, but it's also the beginning of Tisha and that's why you can't eat and you can't drink. But yet, since it's still Shabbos, you cannot publicly show Avelis. So you can't yet sit on the floor. You cannot change your shoes. You cannot change your Shabbos clothes to weekday clothes. Because by doing that, you are making a public declaration of Avelis, which is forbidden on Shabbos. And even though it's only it's only in the time between day and night, which is a doubt as, as to which day it belongs to. But since it maybe belongs to Shabbos, we're not allowed to do anything that is considered a desecration of Shabbos. A, 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 any action which would seem to disregard Shabbos and publicly displaying Avelos morning is a disregard of Shabbos and that we cannot do. However, all other halachas which are relevant to Tisha which are relevant to the fast of Tisha which do not, are not perceived as public. So, for example, the issa to eat and the issa to drink, you don't have to eat and drink in Ben Hashmoshes, and many times Ben Hashmoshes, you won't be eating and drinking anyway because it's before Abdullah, and you won't be eating and drinking. So it doesn't show any disregard to Shabbos for not eating and drinking. Or the issa to wash, where it was forbidden to wash on Tisha don't wash in Ben Hashmoshes either. That's not a public display of Avelis. It's a private display of Avelis. 
in a private display of Avinus is permitted in Ben Hashmoshes. The same applies to Sicha, smearing with oils and perfumes and marital relations, which are all forbidden on Tishabov, are forbidden in the twilight zone as well. It's only the public displays, which means sitting on the floor, changing one's clothes and changing one's shoes, which is forbidden until Nacht. Once we hit Nacht, we now enter into a area of Minhag that's still retained in our shul, but almost forgotten in most of the other Batimidrashim around the world. The Ramah tells us that Shabbos, Tishabov, one should always bring one's shoes and one's kinnas to shul on Friday, because Motsoy Shabbos, we will come to shul a little bit early. We will say Baruch in shul. We will then go out of shul, change our shoes, change the benches from high benches to low benches, and set the basic, set the shul and everything up for Tishabov, so that we can then continue with the Mariv service with Mariv in the manner of Tishabov. But prior to Baruch Hu, that's not cannot be done. So therefore, we in our shul have the meaning that we bring our all our Tishabov necessities to shul before Shabbos. We will then change. Our, we will say Baruch Hu in our Shabbos clothes and our Shabbos shoes. We will then change our shoes and come back in and sit on the floor and dam Mariv and say Megillas Echo. Many other shuls in, in in the world, most other shuls in the world have changed that minic. And what they do is they start married a few minutes later. And therefore, most people stay at home. They say, They then change their clothes to weekday clothes. They change their shoes to weekday shoes. And then they come to shul a few minutes later. Dominic starts 10, 15 minutes after Nacht. And then they say, And they dab married and sit on the floor and say, It is possible that the remark is based on the fact that they didn't wear Shabbos clothes. In the time of the Ramah, the Ramah himself says one shouldn't wear Shabbos clothes on the Shabbos Chazoyin. And therefore, when it came to Matzai Shabbos and they changed their shoes, they were wearing already weekday clothes and they just had to change the shoes and sit on the floor and then they were in Tishabov mode. We, who do wear our Shabbos clothes, it's a little bit strange the way that things uh, uh, pan out in our shul because we come to shul with our Shabbos clothes. You're not allowed to change your Shabbos clothes on Shabbos afternoon. So you're going to come before Nacht in your Shabbos clothes, you're going to end up after Baruch Hu changing your shoes, but continuing sitting the whole evening in your Shabbos clothes and saying on the floor and saying, which is a little bit incongruous, a little bit out of place to be wearing your Shabbos clothes on Tishabov. When in the nine days you're not allowed to wear Shabbos clothes, but we're wearing it on, on Tishabov itself. That's a very strange, uh, a strange uh, way to be behaving, but we have no choice. That's the way the minic has evolved, and that's the way we behave in our shul. Those who don't wear Shabbos clothes on Shabbos chazayim will understandably be in a better position, like we see in the remark. Some people will actually change. They'll bring a, a weekday jacket and change their jacket to a weekday jacket and take off the tie and change the hat. So that way we'll remove the hat. So that way they're not actually wearing a set of Shabbos clothes. They're, they're primarily wearing weekday clothes, and it makes it less of a seeming contradiction. But that's what we do. One can't prepare your kinnis on Shabbos for the Motsoi Shabbos. You need to prepare them on Friday. So even if you're going to be coming late to shul on the Motsoi Shabbos, like some of the Minhagim and other shuls, you must make sure that you've prepared your kinnis before Shabbos or you prepare them after Shabbos. You do not prepare them on Shabbos itself. The same applies to women. Well, coming to shul for Megillus Echo, but may not 
who do not need to be there for Marib, then they can change the shoes and the clothes straight after, straight after Nacht at home and then come to Shul. They can carry their, they should say, Baruch HaMavu B'Kodesh L'Choyl, change the clothes, change the shoes, and then come to Shul. You can bring your kinnis then, or you can ask somebody to take your kinnis for you on Friday to Shul. That's also sufficient. But if you are going to come after Nacht, make sure you do change your shoes and you change your clothes, not to be wearing your Shabbos clothes on Tisha B'Av. Mitzvah Shabbos of Tisha B'Av, for those who are fasting, there is no place for Havdalah. You cannot make Havdalah if you're fasting. However, the bracha of Bari Meir Ha'esh needs to be said. There's no reason why we should be missing out on the bracha of Bari Meir Ha'esh. That doesn't need Havdalah. But something we don't say because it's a timeless. And Havdalah we can't say because we can't drink the kois. Of course, we have to say Havdalah in Shemayin Esra. After Chaynam Tono in Mara Shemayin Esra, we will say. But Havdalah ala kois can't be said if one's fasting. So the meaning in the shuls are that you will come to shul, we will say baruchu, and before we lay in the megillah, we will make a bracha on the candle. The candle will be walked around the shul. There'll be a few candles. They'll be walked around the shul, and I think we have one of the ladies as well. And you are yotzer with the bracha of the chazan, and then you just benefit from the lights, and that way you fulfilled your mitzvah of making a bracha on barim ha'esh. If you are women in the in the ladies gallery, there should, hopefully there'll be a candle there as well, and you can say you listen to the barim ha'esh of the of the chazan, and you benefit from the candles. Don't forget, barim ha'esh for a woman is a suffolk bracha. So if you can avoid making a bracha, you're better off. That therefore means if a person has a wife or a female folk who are going to be staying at home and not coming to shul for Megillah Seicho, and therefore they are not going to be able to say the bracha in shul. And it's best if the husbands or the male, uh, the man of the home will not fulfill his mitzvah in shul, but rather he should wait till he comes home after the Megillah and make the bracha at home. So that way the women folk in the house can benefit, can hear the bracha and also benefit from the bracha without having to enter into a shayla of a sophic bracha of brichus ish. Somebody who's not fasting and going to be eating must make Havdalah, but sorry, Tainus. So if there's a male who's not fasting because he's unwell and uh, therefore not, doesn't need to fast, must make Havdalah before he eats anything, before he partakes of any food, he has to make Havdalah. The same applies for a woman who's not fasting, needs to make Havdalah. Now, as we know, Havdalah for a woman is a Suffolk, a Suffolk bracha. So it's best if we can find a male to make the bracha for them. So if a woman who's not fasting has a male member of the household. It's best that even if that male is fasting, the male should make the bracha of Abdullah and just give the cup of wine to the woman to drink. And that way the, the woman has been yet to Abdullah, the man's been yet to Abdullah, the woman has been yet to Abdullah, the man doesn't drink, the woman will drink on his behalf. Even though we don't normally allow a woman to drink Abdullah wine, but that's only the Chathila, but the Yevid, if the woman needs to drink because she's, because she's not fasting, then she can make Abdullah, she, she can drink the cup of wine. If there's no man, no male in the house, then the woman should make Abdullah herself and drink the wine. Interestingly, Chasidim have a minute that the women do not make Abdullah, they just eat on Tishabov. Any woman who's fast, who's not fasting doesn't make Abdullah, they just eat on Tishabov because they're so careful not to allow the women to drink a cup of wine that they say that pushes away the obligation for a woman to say Abdullah, and the woman doesn't mean they rely on the Shittas Ramban, on the Shittas Rishonim, that there's no Chiv Abdullah on, on Tishabov, the Chiv only kicks in on Motsoy Tishabov, and therefore women will eat by the Chasidim even without saying Abdullah, we however do not follow that minute. We have the minute that women who are not fasting should make Abdullah. So if the male can make Abdullah on their behalf, fine. If not, they should make Abdullah themselves. But sorry, Tishabov, 
therefore would need Havdalah instead of Matzai Shabbos. So those who fasted and did not make Havdalah on Tishabov for their wives need to make Havdalah on Matzai Tishabov. Havdalah on Matzai Tishabov is just a Bari Pira Gofen and Havdalah on Matzai Tishabov because Bari Mareish has been said already on Matzai Shabbos and the Bracha on, on Besamim is not said on Matzai Shabbos and can't be said on Sunday either. And therefore on Sunday night on Tishabov on the Matzai Tainus. And therefore those who have not been Yotzeb Havdalah on Motsoi Shabbos in any of the formats that we've discussed up until now have to make Havdalah before they break their fast on Motsoi Tainus. It's not the nicest thing to break your fast on grape juice or wine, but that's a must and that's what you need to do. Primarily on a, on a normal year, when Tishabov is on Tishabov itself, then Yud Ba'av has some element of halacha attached to it too. We continue on with the halachas of the nine days until Chatzos on the 10th of Av. This year, however, Tishabov, meaning the fast of Tishabov, falls on the 10th of Av itself. So Matsoi Tishabov is already the 11th of Av. So this year, Matsoi Tishabov was allowed to have haircuts, was allowed to wash clothes immediately. I can say Shechiyanu, soon as one's made Abdullah or as soon as it's Nacht, if you've made Abdullah already. One can wash clothes, so nobody needs to phone me up and say, can I wash clothes? On Matsoi Tishbov, because I'm traveling, my son's going to camp, my daughter's going to camp, I'm traveling the next day, I don't have time. You can comfortably wash your clothes the moment it's Nacht, Matsoi Tishbov, no qualms and no issues with it at all. Do not ask me, can you wash clothes on Tishbov itself? Because I will not allow you, I do not see any heta to wash clothes on Tishbov. Tishbov is Tishbov, one's not allowed to wash clothes. One mustn't forget that on Tishbov itself, one mustn't be Messiah Das. A woman at home alone, Matsoi Tishabov, if she's fasting, will make Abdullah the same way as a man will make Abdullah, in the same way as she makes Abdullah on the Matsoi Shabbos. One must remember Tishabov is a time when one mustn't be Messiah Das, so one mustn't do whatever one would fancy to do on a normal Sunday. Yes, you can cook for Matsoi Tainus, you can cook what's necessary to be cooked, uh, you can uh, do whatever's necessary for you to do on Tishabov for the sake of Tishabov, for the sake of food, or for the sake of the family, but one can't do things that's going to enable us to be Messiah Das. We need to focus on Tishabov and remind ourselves of why we're fasting and that it's a day of mourning for the Beis Amikdash. Kedaihu Beis Amikdash. The Beis Amikdash is for sure worth our while and it's definitely worth a while to be able to mourn at least one day. For that one day, we should continue to mourn and we shouldn't try and distract ourselves. We shouldn't be watching football, listening to football, or anything like that. That's all a distraction from the focus of what Tishabov is all about. Tishabov is a time of mourning. Meet, wine, and listen to music. Even this year, one waits until the next morning. Not because the 11th of Av has any Hilchas Avedis to it, because one doesn't eat meat, wine, or listen to music directly after Tainus. One should avoid that. So therefore, one waits till the morning to begin to eat meat, wine, and to listen to music. But everything else can be begun straight after Tishabo. Anybody who is misabel who mourns for the Choban Abbas will have been meritous and be able to see the rebuilding of the Beis Amikdash. The Beis Amikdash can be rebuilt between now and and and, and Tishabov itself and the fast this year. And we believe that when Mashiach comes, we will be zarech to see the Binyan Ba'ashlishi and we should all be there, benefit to see the bit of the the third base of being built very, very soon in our days, and maybe we all manage to have good, good, uh, good health and uh, gesund 
And everybody who needs a refuah should have a refuah. We should all be able to get through them three weeks and the nine days understanding the, the Avelis without distracting ourselves, but without any chashashalom, any of the piranhas of the three weeks and the nine days. And those who are going on holiday should have an enjoyable holiday. And holiday should be a yirid al Ali. It doesn't have to be a yirid at all. It should be a time to refresh, a time that we can uh, rejuvenate ourselves and head towards the Elul, which is coming up very soon. Elul, which is the Elul of the precursor to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. We are not far away from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So let's not lose sight of that when we go away on holiday. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your break. And we'll meet, we'll meet back again either before Tisha or before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur for a share. Or if not, it'll be straight after Sukkot. Uh, wish you all very well and have a very good evening. Thank you for joining us. And we're looking forward to see you back straight in good health in the next year in a few weeks' time. Thank you very much, Colton. Can I ask you something? Of course you can. Um, in some schools, but not yes. ours, um, they don't start um, um, Tishabov in the evening straight away. They, lift you, they give you a chance to change, to get, uh, bring your shoes, etc. Yes. What's the hurry? We're not going to have a meal straight away or at all. So why can't we wait 20 minutes or 25 minutes to bring our shoes, etc., for those who haven't brought it beforehand? I think the hurry is, according to the remarks, to start Avelis as soon as you can. Publicly start Avelis. And I'm being assured, I'm saying Borchel, and then publicly we all change and sit down on the floor, is a public display of Avelis. That's what I imagine where it comes from. And that's a Minik Aramar, and that's a Minik Ashkenaz. Thank you.